0: Australia, have you ever been on a four-wheel drive tour of the Kimberleys? I haven't, but the next person we're speaking to, Kat Clark. She took tours through there for a living and now takes tours off the coast of Western Australia. She's been to Broome, the Bungle Bungles, Mitchell Plateau, ELQ, Bell Gorge, and kanamara Is that right? Kananara. Kananara. Canas. Welcome, <laughs> Kat. Thank you very much, Kylie. Good to be here. Yes, so good to have you. I'm so excited to hear everything you have to say, but would you like to do Welcome to Country first?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, from my perspective, I would like to acknowledge the Yaru people uh, who are the traditional custodians of this land uh, that I am on today, which is in Broome. And I would also like to pay respect to the elders past, present and emerging
0: Thank you. That's so good because I'm in Victoria but um, I'm my parents are English and I've got Welsh and English heritage. I was born in Victoria but I'm very white so I'm learning a lot about the Indigenous culture so I'm very excited to hear everything you can tell us today. Fantastic. So tell me, how did you get into these tours first of
1: all? Yeah, so uh, Kylie, I also grew up in Victoria Um. so... I uh, grew up in the Patch in the Dandenong in the Ranges and I studied outdoor education at uni and then uh, I actually just got t- chatting to someone at a, a social gathering and they were talking about this place called the Kimberley and I just was in absolute awe of what she was saying and then kind of followed up and then uh, found myself going for a job. Uh, in Pernalulu National Park, which is home of the Bungle Bungles in the heart of the Kimberley. This is back in 2008, so a while ago now, and um, ended up getting a job as a camp host uh, at a wilderness lodge, which is based out in the National Park, World Heritage National Park, and... um, so you would live and work out there for the season because it's seasonal up here uh, with the wet and the dry season, so the dry season. So we were living out there and guests would come to see the Bungle Bungles and part of that job was actually uh, to take day tours and show the guests the country around. And um, this is where I just fell in love with the Kimberley completely and didn't realise you could enjoy a job as, as much as I Did and so uh, my journey evolved from there. And I just kept, you know, the next year I was at a different part of the Kimberley, and then I started taking extended tours. So from Darwin to Broome, and did a bit of the West Coast, and then actually went away from the Kimberley for a while, but they say that if you get a taste of the Kimberley, that it'll, it'll call you back. Uh, so the down, which is the type of dirt and dust up here, this rich red uh, iron oxide uh, soil gets in your blood, then it calls you back. And that's what happened. And um, so, yeah, seven years ago, I came back and just got stuck back into tour guiding. And, yeah, it's my passion. I love the country. It's an evolving journey in terms of learning, and um, yeah, very heart-opening and eye-opening. And um, yeah, it's it's an absolute honour and privilege just to to uh, share with people uh, this beautiful country we have up here. That's amazing. I love the story about the iron ore getting
0: in the blood. The earth. <laughs> <gasps> that sounds amazing. So it was a real, was it a, like a physical feeling you had to go back? Was it a mental tug? Like can you explain how you felt?
1: Yeah, sure. It is, uh, with the Kimberley, I feel like, and I think anyone who's, who's been up here, it, it is a very hard place to explain and it's a place that has to be uh, experienced. It's a very powerful and spiritual place, I think, and it's um, very awe-inspiring. You're entering a, an ancient landscape, and uh, when when you're out in the Kimberley, for me personally, and I've ex- I've obviously experienced firsthand uh, taking a lot of guests out, it really deeply moves people. This landscape and um, it opens their heart up uh, in in many ways. And so when I left, I went down to Tassie, and then found myself on the east coast. It was just this um, almost like this this yearning or this this calling back they say it's called the Kimberley calling and um <laughs> and it calls you you back because I guess the best the best way to say it is like I really have this sense of place here and mm. um this this you know, this peace and um, everything kind of falls into place and makes sense and, um, yeah, I, I feel very, very blessed and grateful that I have found that place for myself and I know everyone's got a different place but this special country up here. So it was, it was like a, um, a yearning and a, a calling back and I was actually wondering, I was thinking, oh, is it going to be as good... Uh, is the first time I was here but I have to say um, you know my relationship with this place is probably the best love affair ever you know the the love grows you're learning more and more Uh, there's more discovery there's more eye-opening and and heart-opening experiences to have so yes, it's awesome
0: yeah I love that love story I'm gonna say love a lot I think in this interview love
1: (laughs) yeah apologies if I've already said it too many times oh no 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 (laughs) I
0: repeat things don't worry and it's heart opening I love the heart opening so that was like I've looked at pictures of the Kimberley so I've never been there myself I've lived in Darwin for a little bit but never ventured over to the Kimberley and it's just magnificent isn't it majestic, the gorges the water the rock
1: formations do you have a favourite place? It is magnificent Uh, yeah I get asked this every time you know and um, it's a very hard question because it's all so beautiful I guess for me um, I would have to say simply because my journey began there, uh, the Bungle Bungles, uh, it's Uh, It it was like the beginning of my journey uh, 12 years ago and uh, I had some very profound moments there and and, uh, learnt a lot from my, I guess, what I didn't realise how ignorant I was coming up to this rich Indigenous landscape up here and um, learning a lot from our traditional ancestors here. So I'd have to say the Bungle Bungles, uh, it gets me every time. Yeah, it's a very special place.
0: That's what I was going to ask you because I've Googled all of these places that you've toured through and on the internet it talks about the where you can stay, the accommodation, the, what the landscape looks like, but only one from the Western Australian government actually mentions the Indigenous culture. And mm. I was feeling like... The whole reason the whole place is there is to acknowledge Indigenous culture. So, can you tell us about how the Bungle Bungles relate to the culture, the history of the land?
1: Yeah, sure. It's actually the Bungle Bungles is is quite unique in that it was only discovered by Gudia. Gudia is the word for white fella up here. And um, in the eighties, and oh, so wow. yeah, so um, and so the the history of uh, the uh, traditional. Uh, Aboriginal people there, which is the, the Gija and Jaru, is 20,000, 30,000 uh, years of o- occupation in this, this area. And, uh, yeah, so the national park really, uh, well, visitor access has only been open since 1987. It was discovered in 1983. And so um, it, it makes you go, wow, what else is out there? Now, the Bungle Bungles, if anyone's been there or looked at pictures, you know, it's one of these very, very unique places, World Heritage listed, just very phenomenal, bizarre rock formations. And it's certainly got like a a presence about it. So um, up until the 90s, there was uh, Aboriginal people living in that area. Um, And they've still got, they've all moved to uh, communities nearby, nearby, Horse Creek or Warman, Turkey Creek, as they call it, Um, but they still have their their camps out there. So they'll go out and the kids will do, you know, their um, connection to country. They'll do their traditional whatever they've got to do. And um, there's a lot of prohibited places for for us to go and see. There's an abundance of rock art around, which is still protected as well. Uh, And so this is speaking of of most of the Kimberley as well. But for the Bungle Bungles, really, there's only been visitor access uh, since... The 80s, and so I feel like that's a reason why it has still this um, almost like this powerful uh, spirituality to to the land because it's hardly been touched at all by a white fella, which um, is is pretty special this this day and age
0: actually. Yeah, that's amazing that it's just only like, discovered in the 80s. That spins me out.
1: Yeah, yeah. And actually the – the um, obviously known by the traditional people for thousands of years. Of and, course. And, um, yeah, but uh, it was one of the first national parks uh, to be jointly managed and owned uh, by the traditional owners as well. So a lot of the national parks up here are um, jointly managed uh, by the traditional owners, which is great to have that knowledge. come into – uh, how to care for country uh, and that's really helping with fire management and, you know, when to burn, when not to burn and uh, and to look after this beautiful landscape with uh, cultural integrity, which I think is really important.
0: Yeah, cultural integrity but also care for the country. Terminology there, really amazing because what if we had that in other places where there were bushfires? You know, what if we had gained that knowledge in other places that you know within Australia so that we could have utilized that knowledge I think that would be pretty awesome so tell me as well you were talking about connection to country now in the messages so listeners in the messages messages that I've sent to Kat I send like prayer hands white prayer hands because I'm white right (laughs) and Kat is also what color skin do you have lovely Yeah, it's it's white fair, and freckly with red hair. (laughs) (laughs) But in her messages, she sends back either prayer hands or thumbs up in white or in brown skin and I just love that. (laughs) I just think that's amazing. Now, why, like it just made me feel really warm and really connected and that you really feel connected to the land and Indigenous culture. But why, from your perspective, why do you do that?
1: Yeah, that's a good. I haven't really thought about it. I guess, you know, when you live and, and work up here and you, you start to, you know, you hear the Aboriginal people, you know, this concept of connecting with country all the time. And then after a time on the country and observing and, and learning and, and feeling, you start to understand how the Aboriginal Australians lived sustainably uh, for thousands and thousands of years by connecting with, with country. And it's actually quite simple and it's actually quite beautiful. And I feel like as this society, um, we've, we've really lost connection to that. You know, we're, we're sleeping indoors, obviously, and it's very comfortable, but you know, just connecting with the cycles of nature. Uh, The seasons, the moons, the tides, everything. And even after two weeks that I take my guests out in the Kimberley on this beautiful journey, they start grasping this whole concept of connecting with country and you start to then, that uh, flows into respecting. So uh, this big sense of respect um, for not just our land but for the culture. Uh, that have uh, lived sustainably for thousands of years before us and so it's this beautiful flow uh, that then gives you this um this new feeling and then it, you you start to feel i guess uh a, a part of it and you acknowledge it and then and uh, understand it a little bit more it's not until you understand something that you can really i guess um empathize you know with it or or relate and then uh, respect it. And so I guess that's where that comes from. It's very multicultural. Uh, I mean, I'm based in Broome. It's so multicultural up here. It's like, um, you know, you don't even think twice, look twice. It, it's a very, like the Kimberley itself is um, is incredible and, and Aboriginal Australia is the oldest continuous living culture in the world. So as Australians, as white Australians, that is something to be extremely proud of and, and to step forward and go wow, what can we learn from this? And so um, I guess just my journey, my personal journey has just uh, led me to that point and I feel very grateful for it. Um, And this is, you know, 15 years ago would have been completely uh, ignorant with no understanding of this whatsoever. Ever. but being up in the northern part of Australia and the Kimberley being one of the last frontiers the culture is very rich and alive still so yeah it is an honor as I said and a privilege to to learn and understand and be a part of it and to even live here on this um pristine country wow so wow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so cool I've been grappling with connection to country and what that means and how how do I find that living in suburbia in Melbourne Mm. and how do I give that as a gift to my children do you have any advice
1: um I think yeah uh I would I would say just get back to nature we are nature uh something that I've learned from the aboriginal people is is they um they see themselves as part of nature, not not better than, not greater than, but as as part of it. So that it, uh, um, once again, coming back to that word respect. Uh, so I guess having the foundation of that um, as as your children grow up and. Yeah, you know, feed on the earth, that kind of thing. Look up on, uh, under the stars, um, observing the seasons, uh, looking what happens, you know, getting out camping if you can, if the weather permits, obviously down there, <laughs> it's much, much easier up here and just, which seems very simple, but remembering that we are part of it and um, as well, we are nature and nature is, everything is in its perfect place uh, in nature and once you start feeling and understanding and connecting with nature, that's when we start respecting it and not, you know, completely depleting nature or you know what's going on. I won't go down that road, but um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. So I think I would have to say, yeah, just um, teaching, connection to, to nature and and respect for country. I have this this same thing that I, I say to all my guests and I've firsthand uh, experienced it and secondhand Many times uh, 10 years out in the Kimberley is um, if you respect the country, the country will respect you. So, uh, you know, if you find, if your little kid finds a little crystal or something or a flower they want to pick, ask ask that flower or ask the crystal, if they, you know, permission. Can you know, do, can I take you, you know, and, and you'll feel in your heart if that's okay or not. Um, and, and most of the time, it's just leave it. <laughs> and, <laughs> leave it. <laughs> so, uh, and connect to nature, um, ev- anything, you know, the, the stars, uh, the tides, the, the seasons, get your feet out on it, the, let them play in, in the mud. All the things we used to do as kids. Yeah, all the germs we used to ingest. Yeah, that's it. Well, it's good for us, right? Yeah, that's right.
0: That's right. I wanted, we're still here. Yeah, we're still here. Still going strong. So I wanted to ask you about, you said you had experiences in the Bungle Bungles that touched you, I guess, spiritually, mm. was my perspective on what you were saying. Is there one of those that you'd be happy to share?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There was a few and it was, yeah, without trying to get too spiritual, but it really no, was. No, you can go um, totally, go spiritual, get there. <laughs> go deep, go hard. Go hard, go hard. Um, yeah. Listen, it was amazing. It was the very first time I went into this place called Cathedral Gorge, which is in the Bungle Bungles. And that's where most people go to, to, um, you know, it's, it's one of the places that people want to see and visit and, um, once again, Cathedral Gorge, like it is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. There's probably more uh, visually spectacular gorges in the Kimberley, but it is probably the most beautiful feeling. Like it, you walk into that gorge, and um, it it just, I just stood there, and it just um, just led led me to to tears of um, just gratitude and joy. And I continue to have that every single time I walk into Cathedral Gorge, which oh. is amazing. Uh, I don't cry every time now. I've been in there that many times. But we spend, with my guests, we spend, uh, we end up, we just sit there and I, I um, it's got incredible acoustics. Now, um, uh, the best thing you can hear in there is uh, the yadakia, which is a didgeridoo. But that is not traditionally a wom- woman's uh, instrument. Uh, so I take my Tibetan singing bowl in there. Um, And I encourage the guests to find a spot in the gorge and – I've got my little perch where I sit on and uh, I'll uh, play the Tibetan singing bowl and um, and it gives an example of the acoustics in Cathedral Gorge and then I encourage that to, to then lead them into stillness and, and just um, sit and, and connect and feel. And time after time, like every time I have people in Cathedral Gorge, um, someone will just have the most incredible moving experience. They'll either be in, in tears of joy or gratitude or they'll come up or someone will just share something really deep with me or um, a lot of the highlights of, of people's trip around the Kimberley's Cathedral Gorge just because of how it feels. So it's one of these places where it's as soon as you go in there, I always say it, time just disappears. It's a timeless place and it draws you into presence and your mind just empties out of, of clutter and you can just feel and connect um, in that moment, and it just—I guess—it just brings such a big feeling of, of waves of just probably probably love. We'll throw that word in. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, the very first time I went in there, it was uh, a really like almost overwhelming feeling that I had. Like I didn't—I'd never had that before. It was—it was—it was quite. Powerful, quite uh, strong. And then, you know, and then I witness other people going through it and um, and continue to have it to this day, the amount of times I've been in there. It's still just as uh, special and powerful. So, yeah, it's amazing country up here. Yeah, it really yeah, is. It sounds so powerful just <laughs> from the description. So
0: can I ask, is there a story, an Aboriginal story linked to there?
1: Yeah, there is. So... Um, they're, so they believe that the, the rainbow serpent, their great ancestor, carved out the landscape uh, as, as we see it today. And there was ceremony in, in this gorge. So with Aboriginal, I guess, history and sacred stories and things like that, as white fella, Guttia, uh, you're only getting the kindergarten level, like that first layer, uh-huh. uh, because we're not initiated into that knowledge. Uh, So what we do know is that they have ceremonies because knowledge is sacred for them. It's everything. So we know that they they had ceremony uh, in there, could have been initiation ceremonies held in there. You can certainly feel that. It was a very, very special place for them. They were semi-nomadic, so they did move with the seasons, but they spent a fair chunk of time in that region. And there is rock art around there as well. So special meeting place, I would say probably initiation ceremonies in there for sure. That's one place we're allowed to go to in that park, but there is a lot of places probably just as similar that we, we're, um, we're not allowed to go to, uh, which is great, which is great. Just let, let it be, you know.
0: That's really interesting that we're at kindergarten mm. level of understanding because I still grapple mm. with my understanding of, as I said, connection to country and I really respect it. And I wish I could get there too. Um, Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, man, that would be amazing. But um, thank you so much for your time, Kat. It's been amazing. Do you have a quote you'd like to share with us today?
1: Yeah, yeah, this will link in. This quote is, yeah, totally links in. It's also uh, written on, there's this great place um, managed by uh, the Balangara people as well called Home Valley Station and they've got this, awesome gate and it's in the shape of a boab tree which is just um an endemic tree up here which is just the best tree ever and um and on this gate uh this is the quote and it and it sums up i guess the the kimberley and you probably would have heard it before it's a traditional well it's an australian aboriginal proverb and um it this is, this is what it is. It says, we are all visitors to this time, this place. We are just passing through. Our purpose here is to learn, to grow, to love, and then we return home. Beautiful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I have heard that before and I really like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. It's a good one to remember. <laughs> yeah,
0: to remember to connect, to remember to respect and to learn and to understand each other
1: absolutely yeah beautiful no it's pretty special it's very
0: special well thank you for sharing with us all your amazing stories your experience cat it's been
1: wonderful thank you so much (sighs) Thank you so much uh, for having me, Kylie. Any chance to get to talk about the Kimberley and I love it. <laughs> and we might have you back again then.
0: Thank you. You've been Thanks, on. Kylie. You're welcome. You've been on Good Health Radio with Kylie Roger. We've been speaking to Kat Clark about the Kimberley, the Indigenous culture and her connection to land. We will be back after this break.